Hello, this is Dr. Brian McDonough, and welcome to Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD. I'm with Dr. Robert Monteleone today. Dr. Monteleone is not only a faculty member at the St. Francis Family Practice Residency Program, but he also runs his own independent practice. So he has a lot of experience in many areas in medicine. But today, I want to talk about something which is unique to perhaps you in your own practice as well, and that is establishing an office EMR the challenges, the things that you can do that might make it more effective, the battles that you face, the productivity issues, all those things are things that many of us are facing now in our own offices. So first of all, Bob, welcome to the program. Thank you. My first question for you is, in establishing your own EMR, where do you start? I mean, there's so many systems out there. What did you try to look for? Not necessarily concerned about the brand as much as I am concerned about your decision-making process. I looked at a lot of resources, and mostly I looked as a family practitioner. I looked at the American Academy of Family Physicians, and they had a rating of EMRs. Um, there's several organizations that also rate EMRs. There's an organization called Class KLAS that I looked at, um, and they give evaluations for electronic records. Um, and then I had some, just some word of mouth of other people. What are they using? How are their how what their experiences with it? Um, I went to one meeting where there was a demo of multiple EHRs that you could kind of look at, play with, and see what visually worked well with the, with the screens and and um, how easy you found to use it. So that's and I looked online a lot. I looked at their demos on a few different systems on the websites, which are easy to find now. You can do it from home, um, but mostly it's just going through and then. You can't certainly can't look at all of them. I picked a handful and then just looked through what each one looked like and the um, functionality of each one and made sure it met what I needed to do for the practice. And when you did that and you went through it and you made your picks and you decided to finally go with it, what's the transition like? In other words, that move from paper to electronic, what did you see as your biggest issues? Well, there's four docs in my practice and a physician assistant. And... Um, our biggest um, our biggest problems were really that some of them weren't very good on computers. Um, not so much on computers, but typing skills. Uh, so there were limitations in um, them wanting to implement because we knew it was going to significantly add time to their day, especially if they weren't proficient in typing. Um, and most of the MRs now require at least some typing, some more than others, some less than others. And when you get into that point where you're trying to train your staff, did you bring someone in? Did you tell them to work on it? How did you go after that? Well, for cost reasons, we really didn't. We um, we just basically, a couple of us sat down, and I think I almost single-handedly picked the EMR because um, my partner was just saying, just pick one and we'll learn it. Just pick one. Um, and once we learn it, we're, it's going to be fine. Um, but we didn't really bring somebody in. So what we did was we phased different providers and at different rates. Now, there's different ways to do it. Like in St. Francis, we went one day, it was go live, and everybody's 100% EMR. We did a little differently in my private office where I did that from the first day. My partner sort of did it a little slower than that, but she was doing 30% or so at first, and then 50, and then one day she just went up to 100. Um, my physician assistant was the most resistant to it. Um, and so basically I one day said, okay, you have... 30-minute appointments for every 15-minute appointment and got him 100% using that way. And then 
once patients were entered, he was on 15-minute appointments. So I think you have to individualize it based on what you think each provider can handle and what they can manage. We hear all sorts of numbers about lost productivity. Some people say your productivity is going to be 50% for three months, and then it gets better. And it is a very individual thing. But from your perspective as you did this, what was the hit to your productivity? Well, because we're private, uh, we couldn't really afford a hit to our productivity. So our hit was time after work. It was physician time spent documenting after work. And initially it was probably an additional three hours at the end of the workday um, because we couldn't afford to drop our productivity. Um, for my physician assistant, I think his productivity is probably, because he just started 100% about a month ago, he's probably down 25 30% um, on his numbers. Um, but I started six months ago, and we have another doc that's not completely full, so we're sort of absorbing his um, drop in productivity in other providers. So we sort of did it as phasing in different people at different times um, individually, but didn't really change much on our schedule. It just added to the workday, which makes for a tough six months. Well, that's what I was going to say. That really was like a, about a six-month period? About a six-month period where it was extremely long days, and it was bringing work home at night because we had remote access to our EMR, uh, which made it somewhat better that we could see our families and then do some work at the end of the night or early the next morning. But it still was an exhausting six months. So when you look at that, you look at that six-month period, and now that you've gotten past it from your perspective in your office, what would you say are the pros and the cons, and was it worth doing it? I think, um, I think yes, it's worth doing it. Um, I think the, the pros are that the notes are better. Um, there's a lot less staff time pulling charts and filing charts. There's a lot easier um, access to uh, information for even referrals, for um, sending notes, letters to surgeons, pre-op assessments, everything is just much smoother than it was before. And when you do that, when you go through it, you look at the smoothness of it, are you making up that productivity now? In other words, what are you seeing as the positives in, in what you found? I think we're making up some of the productivity in that I, we had one staff person who retired and we didn't replace her. Um, I mean, everybody else is working probably a little bit more than they should as far as workload, um, not replacing her. But I still think we wouldn't have been able to do that if we had as much pulling and filing of charts. But we still have a lot of work with scanning, and that's um, – we just looked at it as there's not an urgency to scan all these old records in. We still have the paper records. Uh, we're trying to do it as we can, um, but there's different ways to approach Scanning, but scanning doesn't really get you anywhere for meaningful use. It's what you did from the day you started forward for the 90-day period. So n nobody says anything about scanning and meaningful use. So we just sort of put that on the back end and said, when we get to it, we'll get to it. I'm with Dr. Robert Monteleone. I'm Dr. Brian McDonough, your host. You're listening to Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD. We're talking really a casual conversation about the whole idea of going live with an EMR and taking it in that direction and some of the battles and problems associated with this, as well as the advantages. What about 
uh, reaching in and connecting with your hospital. Are hospitals able to match that yet? From your perspective, you have you had any success? What are you getting as a bonus about your inpatients from this? Um, well, in my practice, we don't currently do inpatient work, but we do a lot of uh, business with the hospital in that most of our patients go there for labs, x-rays, um, and other services. Unfortunately, there's not an interface with the hospital. I mean, some states like Delaware have the Delaware Health Information Network where most of the hospitals participate in it, but in Maryland it's not quite as organized yet. So we've asked the hospital if they have any um, interest in writing an interface, and we haven't really gotten anywhere with that. So that's a big downside um, is that your data from the hospital is not integrated into your EMR. It's basically faxed and imported in as a PDF file uh, for anything that they do. Um, so in, re- in response, unfortunately, for the hospital, um, other labs we do have an interface with, so we're encouraging our patients to go to the other labs. And when you do that, obviously, it takes business away. It makes the patients go other places. It's somewhat of an inconvenience for everybody involved. But at the same time, I guess this is part of the growing process, isn't it, that everybody has to more or less get on the same page? It is, and I wish that there was um, more assistance with getting interfaces with hospitals uh, on a quicker basis. I think it's going to really come down to the states having a coordinated health information system that the hospitals participate in and then the doctor's EMRs can interface with. Well, that brings up an interesting point. What do you see as the future? When you look, you know, going forward, what do you see as the future of this? How long do you think it'll take from your perspective as a practicing clinician where everybody gets on the same page? Oh, I think it's going to be years. Um, Unfortunately, I don't think the integration with the different EMRs and the hospitals is even close at this point. Um, so I think it's years away. I think it will come. Um, I think that the advantages of using it are that it's much easier to look forward to the patient-centered medical home and doing population management with your patients in your practice. And you can identify a problem and say, run a report, all my diabetics with a hemoglobin A1C over 8, and I can pull up the list, and then I know who to target. And I think that you can really affect quality um, and cost of health care. And that's what a lot of people are looking at with patients at our medical home is you have these reports of, of cost per patient, and you can really identify your highest-risk patients with an EMR that's functional and, and kind of work with that on a risk basis to try to lower your um, risks to those patients. Well, if you're going to look at like taking advantage of data and using that, which I think is kind of a dream for all of us that we're able to take a look at our patients and more or less use the information from other patients to provide better care, what were the things that you would want to get out of your EMR right now if you could extract that information? Uh, well, I think you just have to pick what's, what you think is important. You have to pick saying, um, oh, I'm going to have are diabetics with a high hemoglobin A1C, I'm going to target them. I'm going to target my blood pressure control across different populations, um, across your diabetic population, across your non-diabetic population, who, who has had certain parameters met. Um, you can easily run reports saying who has not been in for a visit. The trouble is until all of your data is electronic, like with the hospitals, you can't run accurate reports because if half of my data 
is from a lab and a scanned document, I can't really run accurate reports unless those patients are going to a lab that I have an interface with. So there's all these barriers that you see coming up, but hopefully we'll get there so that we can um, effectively run these reports and use these reports to um, manage populations. When you're looking at the present and at the future, what have you seen as the pros and the cons of the entire EMR process as you've looked at it? I I think the pros are that um, it starts to make you think instead of just the patient right in front of you, it starts to make you think of bigger systems processes and thinking strategically for your practice of how I can manage populations. So I think population management is the difference. It starts to make you think in that direction. Um, And I think that's a big advantage because you can make bigger impacts when you make system improvements in processes. I think the downsides are the time. I mean, still I'm probably adding an hour and a half to my day compared to the paper system. And that's one of the things I've heard a lot of people say when I talk to them, the time concerns. Also, is there any value for being able to access it from home? What have you seen as the advantage or disadvantage? I mean, I've, I've heard some people say it, it's great, but it also makes you work more from home, almost like you feel you're never done and you, and you always have that challenge. That's true. That um, I think it's still overall an advantage to be able to work from home because if my kids have an event that I want to make it to, I can easily run out of the office and all I need is my laptop to carry with me and I can finish messages, I can finish charts, I can finish anything I need to at a later time. Um, so I think that's a advantage, but there is this constant access so you can always do work. Uh, so you do have to sometimes learn to balance and say, okay, I'm going to work for a set amount of time and then the rest of the weekend I can't because I could sit on a weekend and work the entire weekend um, and get nothing else accomplished with my family, which isn't fair to them. And obviously that's one of the challenges we're all going to face as time goes on. Dr. Robert Montleone, I want to thank you for joining us on ReachMD. It's been very interesting, and I think it also gives a little perspective as you're out there in the trenches, you know, learning what you can and doing what you can, and you're facing what many of the physicians listening are as well. Thank you, Brian. I'm Dr. Brian McDonough for Clinician's Roundtable. Until next time, take care.